something. I see I'm a little slow on the draw because I was out back wanting to thank everybody for the great job they did in worship this morning. Oh, wasn't that great? And, uh, and part of the reason that it makes it so fantastic for me is because uh, I know what I'm going to preach, and everything just coincided perfectly with what I'm going to preach. So it was all the more meaningful. Even uh, Mike's prayer was just fitting right in with the message. So you'll connect that once you hear me, once you hear what God wants to say to us this morning. I'll tell you what, we're pretty excited. I know that we're all disappointed with what we heard last week, but, uh, and, and I certainly was not in my thinking that this would ever be happening. And it's not my preference to be here right now, but I am glad to be here if this is what God wants, and I want to do just whatever I can to help during these next few months. And uh, so we have just been planning and strategizing this past week, all week long, every day there's been meetings going on, just kind of getting things planned to the end of June. There's just so much that we need to be doing. But I'll tell you what, we're excited because we got a lot of great things that we're looking forward to. I mean, I am just, I, I can just hardly wait with some of the stuff that is in the mill. By the way, one of the things that probably I get more excited about than anybody here, Leonard Anderson, the black preacher from Halifax, is going to be preaching here uh, before I leave here at the end of June. And so I'm really looking forward to that. I hope we can get this platform out of here because the first time I heard him, he was going up and down the steps while he was preaching like a crazy man. And I, it was just wonderful. If, you, if you've never heard him, you've missed out on some of the greatest preaching you'll ever hear in all your life. And then uh, Pastor Tim, the first Sunday he preached here when he came here, he, he preached something that just caused my heart to stir and a, and a kind of a theme that I thought, oh my, won't it be wonderful when this all happens and our people get involved in responding to this because this will just bring this church alive like never before. So we have been building on that and strategizing, developing a real plan to help see what he preached that day all come to pass, and that will mean every one of you will be able to have a part in it, and we'll be talking about that in a week or two, and so that is an exciting part of what we're looking forward to in the days ahead. Just so much, and I can't talk about it all this morning, but we're just glad to have Pastor Mike doing what he's doing, and as you know, uh, we have a series, and the series is Living Together, and then Today it's going to be learning together, and these two guys are two of the greatest learners on the face of the earth, and uh, they are helping other people to learn. And so I'm going to ask them to share. This would be Pastor Mike and Russell Smith, one of our great leaders. And so, uh, guys, uh, just share away. Thank you, Pastor B. I would love to. For those of you who don't know, this is Russell Smith. And uh, yeah, woo! Yeah, way to be, Russell. You can't go wrong my today. Base, my yeah. fan base is right here. Yeah, right here. Yeah, yeah that's it. Uh, Russell, as you may or may not know, is the uh, co coordinator of our discipleship, our discipleship coordinator. So he has the awesome opportunity to uh, see some really cool things, not just in one ministry, but actually a whole number of ministries uh, that take place within our church. And I thought it'd be really cool, Pastor B and I, as we talked this week and we, as we prepared for this message, we thought, wow, wouldn't it be cool to hear how lives are being changed through some of the different ministries at our church. So, Russell, would you share with us just for a few moments about some of the cool things that you see happening, lives changed here at Moncton Wesleyan? Sure, yeah. Um, well, first of all, he's been warned about giving me a microphone and a group of people. So, uh, what happens here, Mike, I hope I Three don't minutes, disappoint. Buddy. Okay, Three all right. minutes, Three minutes. <laughs> um, 
Well, we know discipleship isn't something that can be neatly packaged and delivered. It's, it's not something we do to people, but it's something that we do with people. And so that forms the basis of what we do in our programming. So um, I think at the core, we have uh, building relationships with people as the, the central idea. And as we, we build those relationships, we peel off those superficial layers and we get to the, some of the deep issues that people are facing. So when I think about lives being changed, I think, number one, about just building relationships where people have that ability to, to share with other people in their group. Um, we see specifically groups where people have questions about just faith, life. They go to groups and they get answered. Um, we see uh, Christians in all stages of their walk uh, go to groups and be challenged and dive deep in, in establishing spiritual habits. And uh, that's exciting to see. We see marriages uh, going from rejuvenation to restored. Those types of things are, are excellent and awesome to see people just um, released and have freedom from addictions, too. I, we see all of that stuff happening in our church, which is exciting. And to tie it into what Pastor B has been talking to us for the last couple of weeks, um, I think just these leaders that we have doing this, are they are the... They embody what he's been talking about. They are the members and the structure that, uh, that they Thank have. Thank you, been. leaders. Yeah. Yeah, so that's great. That's awesome. So yeah. you'd recommend people getting involved, I guess. Uh, highly, highly, yeah, yes. That's yeah. a good answer, Russell. Yeah, Excellent. Highly. Good, good. Yeah, thank you very much, Russell. And we really appreciate all that you do. Thank uh, you. This is a volunteer position, and you put a lot of hours into that, and we really, really appreciate it. Just quickly Thanks. before Pastor B comes up, I do want to remind us again uh, Tuesday, this Tuesday, we've got our Alpha Beta Word program starting up. So if you're considering whether or not to get involved, that's starting this Tuesday at 6.15. Our 101 series groups are starting this Thursday at 6.30. Several Bible studies are taking place here and gearing up this week as well. Grief Share, for those of you who have experienced the loss of a loved one, that starts tonight at 7 o'clock. Mother's Club every Tuesday, Celebrate Recovery Every Monday at 6.30, Women Arise, bi-weekly on Sunday nights. Super Seniors, do we have some seniors here this morning? Wow, the liveliest group in the church every Thursday morning at 10 o'clock. Arising first Wednesday of every month, and stay tuned for some more information about married people. So as you can see, there's all kinds of different things that are going on here at our church. We want you to get involved. We want you to go deeper. So grab one of these connection brochures on the way out, stop by a kiosk or check out our website, moncktonmw.church/connect. We want to help you connect. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Amen. B, for this time. Well, I can't imagine a more wonderful team to inherit than the team that I have inherited and coming back here at this time. They've just been absolutely fantastic to work with, and Pastor Mike has a team as well and the great work that they are doing. You know, the Bible says to edify one another. Did you know that? The Bible says to encourage one another. And I think everybody needs all that they can possibly get, and I just hope that that's a part of your life to be encouraging others and edifying others. And, and I could not say enough to really properly edify the great work that Pastor Mike is doing in leading all this discipleship and connecting kind of thing that is going on. Now, I'm believing this morning that God wants to talk to us. Do you believe that? And I hope you've come just kind of expecting and believing for that, that He will really speak to us today. So how does He do that? Well, let me tell you. The Bible says, when you awake, it will talk to you. 
You know what that's talking about? It's talking about the living, powerful word of the living God. And he speaks to us as just as if he were here through this word. And so I hope this word will be alive. Are you ready for it? All right, let's go for it. I want you to look in your Bibles in Philippians chapter 3, verses 8 to 10. Now, the most important learning of all in this whole learning series is to get to learn everything we can about Jesus, and really, more important than that, is to get to know Jesus in a very personal way and get to know everything we can get to know about him. And this is Paul's desire that we read about in Philippians because he said, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth, the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things, because it was so important to him, didn't care that about some of the other things that might have been important to him, I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having, my, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, which was what he was used to before his conversion. But then he says, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. In other words, it is a connection with the power of Christ that will bring about the righteousness that hopefully we all desire to be experiencing and living. And then he says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection. In knowing him, of course, you would experience that power. And who doesn't need some extra power to live life as we all want to live it and as God wants us to live it? The power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. In other words, as we saw him, he said, forgive them, and having that forgiving spirit that comes when we are in relationship with him and we know him. Now, you know, it's one thing to know about Christ. A lot of people know about Christ. There are scholars that tell, could tell me because of what they have learned more about Christ than I could ever tell you, and yet they do not necessarily know him. There's a big difference. I mean, I can look on a map and uh, see the state of Florida and see a few things about Disney World, but I'll tell you, when it comes alive is when you get there and you go to Disney World and you get the impact of that interaction and that connection and that knowledge. Or you may know about somebody, but when you get to really know them, what a difference. I remember one time years ago, I was out here at the airport, and uh, the, the person who had been the prime minister of this country, John Diefenbecker, many of you wouldn't even remember that name, but he was a colorful politician, and, uh, and I did something that, that I, if I'd thought about it, I'd never done it. But I just saw him there. I went over and introduced myself. And I remember him talking about the young people, and, and he was, it was during the Vietnam War, and draft dodgers are coming over here to this country, and he said, if, he said, these draft dodgers, he would talk, and he'd shake his head as he's talking, he said, these draft dodgers we have in our country today, they wouldn't be here if I were prime minister. Well, anyway, so getting to know Diefenbaker just a little bit, just that short encounter caused, stirred my curiosity, and it meant a lot more as I saw him in, in operation. I went to a, a church back 50, 
seven years ago, something like that, 56 years ago, up in the country, and uh, I was sitting on the platform, that's what pastors used to do those days, and in walks the most beautiful woman I ever saw in my life. I mean, I was stunned. I couldn't believe that. Where did she ever come from? Where has she been? And, and so I thought, man, I'm going to get to know her. <laughs> and, and, uh, and so I shook hands, and she had a ring on her, a man's ring on her finger. It was all, uh, all taped up with a tape on it, because that's what they used to do in those days when they went steady with somebody, is to put the guy's ring on their finger, tape it up so they wouldn't lose it. Some of you are old enough, I see, to remember that. <laughs> and, and so, and so I, I, oh, jumpings, what a disappointment that was. So I'll tell you, every Sunday I would shake her hand and I would look to see if that stupid, stupid ring was still there. And then one of these, one Sunday, I looked and the ring was gone. Hallelujah. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I made my move. And I've been moving ever since. And, uh, and I got to know her a little bit better, but I, I didn't know her all that well. Well, then after she asked me to marry her, I really got to know her, and in getting to know her, I found out what she liked, what she didn't like, what she wanted, what she didn't want, and of course, I've been obliging ever since, and everything is fine, and, and so I'm saying to us, it's a big difference just seeing somebody at a distance, maybe hearing about them, maybe hearing a lot about them, but when you get to know them, it is going to make all the difference in the world, and as we get to know Christ, we'll find out more of what he expects, more of what he wants, more of what he can do in our lives. And so we need to get to know him in a very personal way. And that's what this connection series, that's what we're trying to do here with this connection series, is help people to find ways to really learn about him and all that he is and all that he can do and all he wants to be to all of us as we go deeper and it becomes more meaningful to us and it comes alive to us in a, in a wonderful and uplifting and refreshing way as we get to really know him and the power that there is in his resurrection and the power that that means there will be for us. Now, we talked about the first week about the connections that are necessary and all the scriptures that are so clear in the Bible about the connections that there is in the, in the building, the building of the temple, and we are the temple of the Lord. And so all the different parts connecting one with another. And we pointed out how that, you know, you can have a pile of lumber and all the, part, all the things that you need for the building sitting out there ready to be built, but it's useless unless those things come together and they connect. And as they properly connect and fit the way they're supposed to fit, then there's strength and there's something that is practical and there's something that is positive and wonderful and enjoyable. And, and then we talked about, uh, last time, we talked about the, the uh, family of God and how we are all a part of the body. And if, if this hand is cut off and it's left by itself, it's going to die, it's useless, it's of no value. But as we all connect with one another... And the Bible just comes on gangbusters about all of this. As we all connect with one another, that's how we get the strength. That's how we get the power. That's how we get to know Jesus. That's how we get to experience him in a greater way in our lives. And so these connections make all the difference in the world. Now, 
I want to really emphasize this morning, as Paul did, the importance of connecting with Jesus Christ and experiencing that power in our life. It's God's plan to be connected to the power of Christ, the power of the living God. John 15, 5, we read these words. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, in other words, stay connected, and I in you, and you, meaning if you are connected, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can, now listen, this is quite a statement. Apart from me, you can do nothing. In other words, the way things need to be done, the way things could be done, the way things should be done, you're not able to do it unless there is that connection. And that's so obvious in everything else. You know, you got a toaster. If it's not plugged in, you can't get any heat from it. Uh, last summer, we uh, went uh, for a little boat ride in our small boat and uh, went to get back in it to go after parking on a beach down at Crystal Beach near St. John, and we couldn't get it started. And we did everything imaginable, tried to get that stupid thing going. And, couldn't, and it was just, I mean, we went through everything. Finally, I had to give up. And so eventually, uh, we towed it down to uh, Grand Bay and put it on the, on the trailer there and took it to a guy. And after 300 and some dollars, he got that thing so it was working. You know what the problem was? There was a switch, a connecting switch that had been turned off. Just because that switch had got turned off, a uh, kill switch, I guess you'd call it maybe, uh, and we didn't realize it, $337 later, we finally got the thing so it would go. And so I'm saying, you can have the greatest car in the world, and if there's just some little wire that isn't connected, the car doesn't have the power. It can be dead as a doornail. And I'm saying some of us can be dead as a doornail, even in our spiritual lives, unless we truly do everything that we should do in order to be and get connected with his great power. And so, it all, it, it, you know, I, wish I could further this analogy. It always costs a lot more when we don't get connected. Connecting the dots. It really does. But when we get connected, it can make all the connections make us productive. Look in John 15, 4. Live in me, and I in you. A branch cannot produce any fruit by itself. Oh, I don't know. The Bible just so strongly emphasizes what Pastor Mike has been trying to teach us and help us to understand here that we just need to be connected. It has to stay attached. What's another word for attached? Amen. Connected. Some of you are connecting the dots. It has to stay attached to the vine. In the same way you cannot, you cannot produce the fruit that needs to be produced unless you live in me, Jesus is saying. A good relationship with others and with Christ will make us productive. Poor relationships with others and not the kind of relationship we need with Jesus will make us unproductive, and there'll be something very satisfying in our journey that we will be missing out on, and there'll be an emptiness and a uselessness, and, and it just isn't, life isn't anywhere near what it could be. So what kind of fruit then gets produced? You know, I'll introduce what I'm going to say and what the Scripture says by saying this. People won't, get a, people won't go along with you if they can't get along with you. And so it's a very important thing that we 
learn what it means to have the right relationships and how we can have the right relationships that God would have us to have. And so that fruit we find is in Galatians chapter 5, 22 and 23, the fruit produced by connection. And it says the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's a theme about all of that that I'm sure you would figure out if you thought about it enough. And this is all about relationships. All these words in the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of that connection with Jesus, all has to do with getting along with others. And the Bible probably talks about that more than anything else in the whole Bible because it's our biggest challenge getting along with other people. And that the better we get along, the more productive we are, the better our testimony, the greater things that we'll see happen in our lives. And so when people get in groups, like we are recommending here for any who may not be, de- may not be connected, you're detached still, then you, in getting in there with a group, you will learn You will learn God's purposes and learn more about Jesus. Listen, I have been to Alpha, I would say, three dozen times over the years. I learn something new every time I go to Alpha. There's something more I get out of it because it is is so rich. And that's the wonderful thing about the Bible, and that's the reason I think this happens in Alpha. You could read the same thing a thousand times and still get something new from it because that is what the difference between the living Word of God and just an ordinary book. You may read it two or three times and nothing more there for you. But you read the Bible and get into the Word and it just keeps reviving you and speaking to you and convicting you and helping you and guiding you and empowering you. There's just no end to what comes when we have that kind of connection. By the way, I wish I weren't doing this so much. I was just thinking about that as I was doing it. I was watching myself for about two minutes online, couldn't stand to watch any more of me. My hands were going so. I don't know how to control that. I probably couldn't speak if I tied my hands behind my back. But uh, anyway, that's kind of the way it is. I hope you can handle it. Uh, but I couldn't handle it myself. I know that. So, so. But here's the beautiful thing that comes out of that. As we connect in these groups and other things, friendships come out of that. We can't force friendships. We can provide the environment where friendships can be developed. And people, you know, I get a charge out of this, and this comes to my mind. I hope it isn't the devil that's making me say it. But uh, uh, people who talk about places being unfriendly, and they just zoom in, zoom out, don't connect with anybody, make sure nobody speaks to them. They won't even let anybody speak to them, uh, for Pete's sakes, and then wonder why uh, things are not as friendly as they would like for them to be. And by the way, I hope you come early hang out here, stay here after the service, hang out and meet some people. The better, the more we do that, the more connection will take place and the more inspiration that will come from that and the blessing that will come from it will empower us in going forward. So I've had people say to me, uh, it may not be the best thing, but there's certain a lot of toxic family situations, and they will say getting in this group or that group or whatever group has really helped me more than my immediate family, means more to me than my immediate family. And so there is so much to be gained by that kind of connection. And as we do that, we get the power to change through that connection. Now, there's all of us probably has some things that we don't like about ourselves. Now, I know some of you think you're perfect, but there's a few of you, most of you would probably find something that you could, if you really worked hard at it, you might be able to find something, some little thing. 
And if you, don't find, you can't figure it out yourself, ask your wife or ask your husband. They'll help you out with it. Uh, that, you, that you don't like about yourself. And, and you can't really change that on your own necessarily. Maybe you've tried and tried and tried and tried to change it. And if you could, you would, but you can't, so you don't. But that's where we need to team tackle some of these things. And that can be done through being in a group of people where they are understanding and loving and want to just help. Now, how do we get from here to there? How do we get from where we are to where we need to be? You know, I think in preaching, that's always a question that we should be answering, and sometimes we may fail to do that. But how do we do it? First of all, we need to get fed up. Have you ever got fed up with yourself? And, and get serious. And decide. Jeremiah chapter 29, 13 says, Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you are not disappointed. You know, some of you have never said amen in your life. If you believe that, would you say amen? amen. I'm telling you, really and truly, that is what happens. And that's what can happen. That's what will happen. And it's just so sad that some people have, have got so far away from God. And, and, but let me tell you this. If you're, not, if you're far away from God, guess who didn't move? Or who did move? Yeah, I think you can figure that out without me saying any more. So we get, we, we, we get to a place where we're just fed up with the status quo, fed up with everything being the way it's always been, fed up with not having what we need to go forward. Then we own up. We get honest. Oh, I tell you, I'm, I'll read the Scripture here about that in a minute, and the Scripture is so powerful. But how many people are in denial how many people are in the blame game? They just spend all their time trying to make excuses and trying to blame others, blame their past, blame their childhood. Now listen, I want you to know, I understand, many of you have been brought up in some terrible circumstances. Some of you have had been victimized in a terrible, disgraceful way. And, and, and it, doesn't, it does so much damage. But I'm telling you this morning, there is hope. There is hope. There is help. There is help. There is help for you here today as we get connected and we, we realize uh, what, you know, there's certain things that, that are certainly understandable. And we can understand why a lot of people are in the mess they're in and why a lot of people are living in such defeat. We can understand it, and we want to be understanding to we, of each other. But there's things that are understandable, but not justifiable. They don't need to be. They can be different. And that's what this is all about. That's the reason we're teaching this and preaching this, is so you don't have to go on in any kind of defeat based on things that you may have been blaming others for or are blaming your past for or your family or whatever it may be. You do not need to go this thing's not in the middle, is it? There we go. That'll make me feel better. Um, so play the blame game. Get in denial. And, and, and in so doing, the Bible says, you shall know the truth, the truth shall set you free. But listen, you've got to be open to the truth. You've got to hear the truth, and then you've got to do something about the truth if you want to be free. Amen is right. Thank you, Pastor Dave. You're awake this morning. This is good. Hallelujah. 
I just love picking on him. He's, he's a gracious man. That's the only way you can get by with that kind of thing. Psalm 51, 1 to 4. The psalmist, now let, you've got to hear this before I even read this. Maybe one of the wickedest men that had ever lived. Wickeder than anybody, wickeder than anybody that could ever come through these doors. And we have a lot of people, a lot of different unbelievable backgrounds. And by the way, you are welcome here and you're going to be accepted here, if I have anything to do about it, as much as the greatest saint is going to be accepted here. Just hear me, and please know that, and if it doesn't happen, you tell me about it. But you know what, God, well, I'll wait. I'll read the Scripture first. Here's what he says, this bad man. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion. Blot out the stain of my sins. Talk about owning up. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize, see that word? Recognize. I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. And what did God say about that man at a future juncture? He's a man after my own heart. This wicked, sinful man, David, because he owned up to his wrong. He got honest and got over that blame thing that keeps people from ever experiencing the best that God has for him. I would say to you today, I would ask you, maybe it would be better than saying it to you. Would you like to know about a better way to live? Would you like to experience a better way to live than what you're living? I can't imagine, I, I do. I can't imagine anybody not wanting to experience a better way. You know, God loves you just the way you are. But he loves you so much he doesn't want you to stay there. He wants you to go forward. And as we get serious, and as we get honest, and we, we, we face up to the truth, then that is the better way, and that's what will give us the power. So not only be fed up, own up, but check up. Be deliberate. Make a decision. Oh, I love the music this morning. Like, I can't remember loving it so much in my life, and I hate music to start with, so it's really something that I love music. But I'll tell you, everything that they picked out this morning collaborated and agreed with what I'm trying to preach here this morning. And before this service is over, there's going to be more that will go right along with what we've been talking about. So we need to be deliberate. We can only go deep. We'll only go as deep as we choose to. We'll only go as far in this relationship and this connection as we choose to do. It's a choice. It's a choice that some of you, hopefully all of you, will make here this morning. I'm not going to stay where I am. I'm going to get closer. I'm going to go deeper. I'm going to learn more. I'm going to get better connected in any and every way that I can possibly be connected. So we check up to see where we are. Um, I hate medical checkups. 
And when you get to a certain stage in life, you're going to hate them all the more. They get worse, not better. And I won't go into any details about that, but I think some of you could figure out a little bit of what we're talking about there. But we need to, but you know something? I have to tell you this. Because I have had some checkups from time to time, there's probably one reason I'm alive today, and maybe wouldn't have been if there hadn't been that kind of a checkup. So what's the Scripture say? 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Test yourselves to make sure you are solid in the faith. Do you hear that? Is that getting through? Solid, grounded in the faith. Don't drift along. I wonder how many people just drift. We'll come to church because it's the thing that we should do, but nothing much more happens. They just float along and wonder why it is that it's, everything is so dull and that they don't have what they see some other people have. So don't drift along. Take taking everything for granted. Give yourselves regular Checkups. Now, the big question here this morning. <clears throat> I would love it if everybody would ask themselves this question. What's my next step in this journey? What should I do next? What's going to help me to experience the presence and the power that Paul experienced by getting to know Jesus. What's going to make the difference? So what are you going to do? What are you going to do about going deeper? Would you ask yourself that right now? What should I do? What's my next step? What do I do? What should I do to really make this happen? as it needs to happen. You know what would be wonderful? To help you to be more deliberate, intentional, to make sure that happens. If you can think of what your next step is going to be, and maybe it's just to say, I'm going to be, make sure I'm in a group where I can learn more, go deeper. But why don't you tell somebody what your plan is before you leave here today? Tell somebody what your next step is going to be in going deeper. We're going to sing, and we're going to be deliberate in what we sing. And what we sing is going to be all about what I preached. I am determined to follow Jesus. Is that your determination? All the way, every day, everywhere, and experience the power that he's waiting, wanting, and willing to give us.